Okay, you could start whenever. Welcome back to another episode of the Born Again Again podcast. I'm Katie. And I'm Joe. We're an ex-Christian couple learning how to live on the other side of religion. On this podcast, we'll talk about our journey, reasons we left the church, things we're going through now, and ways we've grown since. So good morning, everyone. Hope you guys are all doing well. It's Sunday morning over here by us. It's Sunday morning for us. And it's really nice out, and we're just enjoying talking about our life and our goals and the future instead of going to church. Yeah, it feels it's like so much more empowering than going to church. I feel better. Yeah. Yeah. At least in our experience. Right. So today uh, we're going to talk about Pascal's wager. Uh, Basically, the question, should I just believe in God uh, for life insurance, basically? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think like Pascal's wager officially is is basically the argument that it is in one's best interest to behave as if God exists, since the possibility of hell or possibility of punishment in hell outweighs any advantage in not believing in God. Um, so I don't know. How would you put it? How did you understand it? Well, the first time I ever heard this was in high school and a friend of mine told me about it, actually, because uh, at the time we like to talk about, I guess, doctrine and what we thought was apologetics with other friends who were non-Christian. And we liked like just kind of debating. I don't know why I enjoyed this because I really hate it now. But um, my friend brought up Pascal's wager. And I, at the time, I understood it to mean like, why not believe in God and Jesus? Because the if you do and heaven and all of it is real, then you'll go to heaven but if you and like and if it's not real, basically nothing will happen. Like yeah. you won't have any consequences. So why not? Yeah. And I was like, oh, at the time in high school, I was like, that's a really, really good argument. I really like that. And I, I don't know. Basically, just that was a real reassurance for my faith. Yeah. Like, well, I guess you know I did believe it to be true, but then also it was kind of like if I have any doubts, I can always think of this Pascal's right. wager. Why not? You know, like. If it does, if it's not real, then nothing bad's going to happen to me. It's not like there's a hell for not believing in the other side. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> like it's strange. Satan's hell is heaven. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's strange now because um, looking back, uh, well, we're going to talk about this the whole podcast. It's there are consequences to believing. Yeah, in and having faith. Yeah, and also what we're going to talk about next, I think, is do we want to base a belief out of a fear? Right. You know, yeah, that's yeah, I there definitely are consequences. And I didn't understand that either. Because I was kind of in your same position where like, I, I think my dad said that argument to me. Oh, really? Yeah. My dad was always how old were you when you heard it? Uh, I probably like 16 or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know, like we were, I don't know what we were talking about. But it doesn't matter. But he was kind of just saying that. Yeah, like, well, might as well believe in him because if he is real then you get to go to heaven and if god's not real then what what do you lose you know yeah you like we're a better person so that was kind of my understanding of it too yeah like kind of you win either way um and yeah that made total sense to me but yeah now it's like it, it seems like that's a really weird way to live a really weird decision to make because it's like you're completely basing the most important thing of your life your like eternity your spirituality um, making that decision based on fear. 
Yeah. Fear of hell. Why, if you're asking the question, shouldn't I believe just in case, why do you, what's the just in case for? Just yeah. in case you get sent to hell. Right. Yeah. It's I, not- <laughs> I, I think right. it's strange now looking back and realizing that for us, we were a Christian. We believed in the Bible, that the Bible brings up hell. They, I don't know, they basically bring that into our life. We wouldn't have known about a hell if yeah, we without weren't Christian, Christianity. without God. Yeah. And so God has this place for us that he invented and created, and we're going to go there if we don't believe in in you know his gospel message. And I yeah. think that I never noticed before how weird it is that we are, you know, using that argument and basing some of our faith on fear. Like, well, there is a consequence to not believing that's hell. And that really, like, I think that really kept me in Christianity for a lot longer than maybe I would have been if hell hadn't existed. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, that was something that we, like, kind of struggled with for a long time was a fear of hell. Even after leaving the church, you know, it was still, like, I'm so scared that God's going to, strike me down with lightning and and then when i would have that thought i'd be like that sucks that i would my mind would go there right. i guess like why do i right have away. this image of god like i'm so scared of him i yeah. mean i think the fear of god was really drilled into us and i i think that god even if you feel his love he's super powerful and that's scary right like i mean he he invented I mean, he has hell and he'll send us there. So, like, that's, like, it's scary. Even right. if you don't, like, think of God as an evil being, I think that it's subconsciously put in our minds. Like, how could it not be? Like, yeah. how can you believe in God without the hell? Right. There's yeah. got to be some of that there in your head. Well, that's uh, that's a thing, right? Like, the fear of God is yeah. supposed to be a good thing. Yeah. You know, the church tells you, like, we should have a fear of God, which, I mean, if you believe what the Bible says about God, then, yeah, he's definitely someone to be afraid of because he's he's wild he's wild (laughs) um but yeah so yeah it just seems weird like that that argument off the bat seems so weird and like self-denigrating or belittling to yourself to like say well i'm really scared of this now because someone told me about this god Mm -hmm. so i guess i might as well like just just in case i might as well believe in him Mm -hmm. and we were talking about this a little bit this morning, but what kind of dad wants you to love him out of fear? Yeah. You know, like think about a regular dad, like your father, your earthly father. I like putting it in terms of like real life analogies because real people, because it's easier to relate. I know that God isn't human, but if he's supposed to be the source of all love and you know, whatever, like, would you ever imagine your earthly father to be like, you have to love me or I'm going to put you in prison forever. Right. Yeah, I don't feel like you would equate that with love. You'd be like, "Dang it, Dad! Like, do you have to? Like, why? Why?" (laughs) Probably, yeah. I mean, I feel like that does happen sometimes, but when that happens, that's like child abuse. Yes, and you you don't think of him as a loving father. No, no, and and other people wouldn't describe him as a loving father. I think that was so helpful to us that like realization we had that if we take God's love when we put it on a human we would think that that human is like really abusive or yeah, like holding you hostage mm-hmm. or something, you yes. know, more than actually being giving and loving. But people don't, people can't see that with God because they don't ascribe him uh, the cert- the same, you know, rules or morals that we live by. Right. They think he's like above it all. But right. I think that's so interesting. Like you can't, 
you can't put someone outside of morals. Like there still has to be some like baseline. Yeah. You know, what do you believe is good? And do you think it's okay to live out of fear? Right. All of that. Yeah. 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 So, so consequences. We, I think that this is a common question. Well, you know, why not, why not believe? Yeah. What's a downside of religion? And, you know, I think that there are times when maybe there aren't any downsides for a believer. Yeah. I think you're right. But maybe that's because they're not, I don't want to say this to sound like condescending, but maybe they're not wholeheartedly committed or, you know, super intense. You yeah. know, we were, we were pretty committed and pretty intense Christians, I would say. Right. And I remember reading in a book once that sometimes or most of the time, the most sincere believers get hurt the most. Right. And yeah. I think that's common, like with like any kind of any kind of thing. If you're super intensely involved in something, you can get hurt the most for from sure. It, you know, cause you're really invested. Yeah. Well, I feel like you're, you're right because we were super invested and like that was the kind of the center of our life. And that's why this like deconversion process has been difficult, yes. you know, and like complicated yeah. and really, you know, has its tendrils deep into every part of our lives. But whereas some, someone who kind of just goes to church on Sunday and like doesn't really think about it too much the rest of the week or whatever, maybe they're, they're like a Sunday Christian or, or, you know, just believe because their family believed. Mm -hmm. You're right. Maybe the, the consequences for them aren't nearly as significant as they were for someone like us. Mm -hmm. But that being said, like the Bible is super clear. If you're lukewarm, that's like an abomination to the Christian God. Mm -hmm. And we talk about that a lot. I think that's the verse that we really latched onto and why we were intense. We were so, yeah, we were trying to not be lukewarm. And I Mm -hmm. feel like, you know, that's what a model Christian should act like, I guess. And so if, if you're just going on Sundays, then like, what's the point of believing? You yeah. Know, what, like, and what kind does of, that count? Are you getting benefits from that? Right. Even? Yeah. Are yeah. you going to get, is God going to welcome you into heaven? Are you truly you... saved? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I mean. Um, so anyway, I was just thinking about some Christians who maybe aren't fully invested and I think that they could maybe be getting, they could possibly be getting the benefit of a community and I don't know, some, some good feels. Yeah. But like the more intense you get, the more consequences there are. I think like when you read the Bible, you realize that like, it's pretty serious. Um, there's like a lot of parts, like even in the New Testament, like when Paul is talking, he's a really serious Christian and he's mm-hmm. really committed. And I think he has like a lot of, um, rules, I guess, that are yeah. even from Jesus. But what now that I think about it, it but like that he, governs his life. Yeah. His, like, it really, yes. And I think, I think that we were following a yeah. lot of those. You know, we were, like we said, we took it really seriously, yeah. everything that he said in the Bible. So, yeah, the ben- the downsides, I guess, that we're going to be talking about today are based on someone who is more in our position who, like, yeah, really, really, really took it seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, the the one thing I, th- I thought about when we were deconverting was that, like, I thought about Pascal's wager and thought, well, is it maybe is it better, even though I don't, like, really believe it, mm-hmm. is it better to just kind of, like, still try to believe it just for the benefit of not going to hell. Mm-hmm. No, we considered that. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized that like your faith is faith. And like, for me, I, I never, it wasn't like I decided to stop being Christian one day, you know, it was for a long time. I was trying to hold on to my faith and I was really trying to believe in God. Like I was praying and asking God to help me to believe in him and whatever, all of that. 
And that belief kind of just naturally drifted away. Mm -hmm. It's not like I just said like, okay, I'm not going to believe today. Um, and so with this Pascal's wager, can, could a person like me even decide to believe in God, like for, for the life insurance, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really think so. And the like, verse that comes to mind is, it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this not from yourself. It is a, it is, what is it? It's a gift from God, not yeah. through works. Yeah. So no one can boast. I mean, that verse to me basically says that it's a gift from God. You right. can't. So why, how could you apply Pascal's wager and just like decide, like, do you think you're going to trick God and like into believing that your faith is sincere? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly that. I don't, and I don't think so. I, yeah, I can't just say like, okay, God, I believe in you. And, like somehow fool God into saving me. Yeah. I think <laughs> and I that... slide into heaven like, guys, I like didn't really believe, but I just used Pascal's wager and it got me right in. Tricked him. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I feel like it would create such a dis a discord. Is that the right word in your head? Oh, a cognitive yeah. dissonance. Right. That's the phrase that I was thinking of. In your head, if you were to live your life like just in the back of your mind being like, I'm just deciding I, I believe in Jesus because I want to go to heaven and have the benefits, but like really in your mind you're like this is all this i don't believe fake. in this is yeah fake. well i mean that we had that cognitive dissonance for a while and it like we just couldn't sustain it i don't yeah. think a lot of people really can no i don't think so so okay back to the consequences what were some things that we really noticed you know that we were free from like the types of things that we were at we didn't realize we were suffering when we were christian but when yeah. on the other side we realized that you know this was actually a trap or whatever this was bad yeah um, I think because of our religion, I had way too much of a, like, what's that opposite of a superiority complex. I, I like <laughs> had way too much respect for authority. Oh, you were and, too submissive. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Um, I feel like the Bible and church and everything, the whole structure of the church and all of that, like really encourages you and teaches you to have a really high respect for authority and you debase yourself yeah yeah exactly i like i put myself below uh like my youth leader put myself below my pastor to like be open to learn from them below teachers and like the elders in my church i held in really high regard but even besides like uh people in my day-to-day -day life i like put way too much weight on the bible as authority mm-hmm um, but, but yeah, and then like discredited my own intuition and my own like inner wisdom and stuff like that. Or just your own worth. Yeah, my own worth. Um, so yeah, like because of my belief in God and because I wanted to follow the teachings of God in the Bible, uh, I was living my life as like a, a lesser than person to a lot of the people around me. Mm -hmm. I think it's weird in church and even with friends, there is a hierarchy that's not necessarily set up, but you feel that way. We, I think we've mentioned it before when you're around someone who's, you know, had a longer walk with Christ than you, you More naturally like fall, you, you naturally yeah. fall below them, mm -hmm. you know? And I, I felt it a lot. There was, there was a lot of hierarchy and, and stepping outside, you know, uh, of, in the world, mm -hmm. uh, one of the things I had to learn was that I'm not better than anyone. I'm not worse than anyone. Yeah. I'm just a person and we all can be people together, yeah. you know, and like just learning to just respect each other and not like size them up. Yeah. Like everybody, you're better oh, at man. something than I, than I am. And I'm better at something different than you are, but and it doesn't matter after a while that just equalizes us out, you yeah. know? And even, even when you're meeting like 
I don't know, a celebrity, whatever. Like, we don't need to put, like, we don't need to feel that we're worthless than someone. And and then on the other side, we don't need to feel that we're better than someone. Right. We just need to feel like we all can relate and we're people. We're just people. Yeah. You know? That's a really good way to put it. Yeah. yeah. I think you're... Like, church involvement really somehow trains you into, like, ranking yourself. Yes. But <laughs> based on, like, experience or... Or, like, like how a- holy you authority, are. Authority, how holy you are. Yeah. 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 How involved in church you and, are and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird. And like, constantly grading yourself against other people yeah. based on, like, your standing with God. And I didn't realize that at all until we came out, I keep saying, out on, on the other side, and I realized I have terrible self-esteem. And I know I've, we've even chatted with a lot of you who feel the same. We both had terrible self-esteem. I mean, that's like... I didn't even realize it. No. I realized I had terrible self-esteem, but I didn't know where it was coming from. Yeah, right. You know? yeah. And, I'm not, and I'm not saying... The church isn't involved in, like all of my self-esteem issues, but it is involved in a large part. Right. You know, part of it, like how people view, how people, how the Bible views women. You know, I did always feel that I'd rather be a boy. I thought that men had more power and I felt jealous of that. And then I just, you know, it makes you feel insecure in the ways that you were saying that like yeah. you're always sizing yourself up against another Christian. Right. And even just the fact that God says that we are worthless sinners or that we that we are sinners you know that we started out inherit and we inherit the sin of adam yeah you know that right. just makes you feel crappy right. like you're oh, born yeah. into this world like already like evil damaged or like bad messed up yeah yeah right you're broken uh-huh. you're broken oh, no yeah. oh it's okay you're broken but god can fix you right. you know it's just not like it's just not a good way to start your self-esteem. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So like just by being a Christian, you kind of take that onto yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sucks. Yeah. That's like a huge consequence. And again, like all of this, I feel like of course you can have problems with your self-esteem and not be Christian. Mm-hmm. But I think like what we're saying right now, these things definitely don't help. No. Um, and like f- fundamentally believing that you're broken and that the only way you can be whole is for an invisible God to fix you. Like that's a crappy, uh, that's like crappy Premised. hat to put on, oh, yeah. you know, like to have to carry that with you. Mm-hmm. That sucks. That's like a huge consequence. Mm-hmm. And I think I noticed some people are maybe better at focusing on the positive and the positive is that Jesus saved you, right? right. Like, I mean, if you're a Christian, that's your positive, but there's people who, who aren't equipped like that or, or maybe who focus on the negative, and I've seen the effects in people in my family or yeah. friends that they focus on the fact that they are broken, right? You know, and they don't. And the church doesn't give you any good like tools to stop that thought because they're not going to stop it. They're going to be like, "Well, yeah, that is true," but maybe don't focus on that so much. You're saved now. But right. like, if you constantly have something in the back of your mind like that, it's just really damaging. We found. Yeah, for sure. You need to like, you need to stop that thought. And every time you think it or any kind of negative thought, that's not true. You need to evaluate it. You know, is this true? Mm-hmm. Am I broken? Is this helping me? Is this helping me <laughs> yeah. like, to focus on this? Yeah. Like maybe I'm not perfect, but I wasn't like born into this world to be evil. And like, I wasn't born to be damaged. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't need anyone to save me besides myself. Yeah. I need, all I need is from, I just need love for myself. Right. You know? Yeah. But then the problem with that is that, like, not only do these beliefs from Christianity really affect you negatively, at least in my case, I felt, like, uh, good about myself when I 
like talked myself down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like I, I was so worried about being prideful mm-hmm. or self-centered that like I kind of felt like I was being holy or righteous when I would pray to God and be like, Oh, I'm such, I'm like so broken. Thank you so much. I need you. You mm-hmm. know, I felt like that's such a good, good trait for me to have. Yeah. To humility. Like, hum- humility. It was, it was like, I thought it was humili- humility, but mm-hmm. it was like humiliation. It was like self, like humiliation. It was you know? too much. It was way too much. Mm-hmm. There was a, I just had no balance of like, what's like a healthy self-respect and self-love. Yeah. And I, maybe that could have just been the churches we went to, but I mean like reading the Bible, I don't think you're going to come out feeling very good about yourself. No. You know. We, and you even read, there was this one book, I think it's pretty popular actually, called Humility. Yeah, by Andrew Murray. Oh, yeah. And that book, I feel like was, it's talking about the same thing, right? <laughs> yeah, that we're talking about now. Yeah. Make it, you feel real bad about yourself. It's great. It's yeah. great. <laughs> but I loved that book. I read it a lot, uh-huh. you know, and I, I really took that to heart. It sucks. It's, it's weird that I didn't realize that I, like, thought so little of myself until we left and then like two years later i realized holy cow i have like really bad Mm self-esteem and i never even like thought about my own self-worth really leading into that another um consequence we found was being scared to trust yourself yeah on the other side and not really having the skills to think critically about decisions yeah you know even small ones you know you're if you're always asking God for help and always trying to listen to his guidance, you're not really in tune with, you know, how to answer those questions on your for own. Yourself, you know, yeah. you feel that you need this God right. who has, in your mind, been answering. But really, we found that we were actually answering all of those questions and we were answering ourselves, and just, our intuition was actually guiding us and we just called it God. Yeah. But, but it's that still you don't realize that. And right. so when you leave religion, you're like, Oh my gosh, like, how am I gonna, <laughs> how do I decide these things? I don't yeah. have anybody helping me anymore. Yeah. I don't have this person who's helping me. You really like give away your personal power mm-hmm. to, to God when you decide to be Christian. Yeah. I mean, that, I actually remember that crew prayer. It said in the prayer, like, uh, Jesus, I give you the throne of my life. Like, take control of my life and guide me as you see fit, or something like that. Wait, Jesus, take the wheel. It, it was <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but seriously, it's like you're literally, you know, praying that prayer. You're like, okay, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm giving you authority in my life, and that's weird. That's like a huge, a huge consequence. Of course, like, yeah, that's a big deal. It, that's not nothing. You yes. Know? And I mean, some people say, well, I trust God a lot more than, than myself. And like, okay, fine. I just decided that I don't want to trust this person who was start starting a lot of wars in the yeah, Old Testament right. and killing a lot of babies. So. Or who never does anything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's less harsh. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, another one that was really big uh, is conviction. The conviction of the Holy Spirit taught us how to be guilty. Yes. I, I feel like maybe not taught us how to be guilty, but it, like it taught me to really pay attention and give my guilt a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been like meditating and talking about reading about like the power of your thoughts and stuff. And basically, like you can decide which thoughts you listen to and which thoughts are helpful for you and which ones aren't and stuff like that. And I think... Um, as like a side effect of trying to live a holy, like sanctified life, I would pay so much attention to any guilt I felt 
at any time for things and like assign so much meaning meaning to it you know like if mm-hmm. i if i uh was supposed to have finished something at work and i like, couldn't get it done in time and i'd feel guilty about it that wasn't just like oh uh, i should probably finish that that was like god telling me like you need to be holy and like you need to do the right thing do other people not have that strong of guilt i don't know <laughs> i feel guilt for everything yeah i feel like guilt i mean i guess we are trying to be holy I feel guilt when I have do anything less than perfect. Yeah. I feel so bad. Yeah. And I feel like (laughs) for sure, like focusing on our sins so much and like feeling Mm -hmm. guilt for our sins and paying attention to that and like using those as a, an indicator of when we're doing something wrong and we need to ask God for forgiveness that like totally must've trained us to be, to like feel those feelings so easily. I'm sure it's so sneaky. Yeah, it is. All sneaky. of these things are really sneaky. And they seem I, harmless, or like maybe even good. On yeah, the like surface. it's good to be. It's good to feel bad when you do something wrong. Yeah, that's that's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. Yeah, right. Pulling at your heartstrings. At your heartstrings. But like a big part. I mean, I feel like it went from guilt into like shame. You yes, know, and yeah. like shame around sexuality. That was a huge consequence that we experienced of believing in God. I think following Christianity. I remember my uncle writing um, a little ebook about shame, mm-hmm. and I think that I think that Christians in general don't want you to go too far into shame. But it's interesting that they would have to talk about it because I think it is such a consequence. Right. It's such a fine line having healthy, well, what is healthy guilt, and then uh, going into shame. Yeah, well, I think we, it's a pitfall a lot of Christians fall into. For sure. I mean, we're taught that we're fundamentally broken and evil at our core. So, like, why wouldn't you feel a bit ashamed of yourself? You yeah, know? I don't know. Yeah, so that's another one. I mean, I, f- I don't know that shame is ever healthy, like, but I feel like that's something no. we have to deal with and we're, like, recovering from now and certain things, you know? And, like, recovering from shame around sexuality has been a big deal. Yeah, that's like, it. a long time. It's a huge consequence. Yeah. I think that one is just especially, I think it's something that's maybe new. Um, you know, like what? all of the purity culture stuff, I don't, is that, like, did our parents have to go through that? I, I know think that, so, because like, think about your parents and how, yeah. you know, having a baby outside of wedlock was like super shameful. I know. I wonder. It's maybe even worse for them. Yeah, you're right. It's like, it's a different kind of purity culture. I feel like, yeah. I feel like the things with crew and other, you know, um, uh, what do you call them? Like Christian communities on campuses or in high schools and stuff. They really love focusing on the purity culture and having like accountability partners yeah. and talking about all of that stuff. Yeah. And I don't know that our parents really went through that where they were talking about, I don't know, their sexual sins with other people. Right. I feel like they probably would have kept that more private. Yeah. Yeah. That's know? a good point. And I think like talking about it, like with, obsessing over it with people who are, you know, you're supposed to be your mentors or your, your leaders. Authority. Yeah, it does make you obsess. Right. I think it makes you obsess over it. And I think that it can ultimately lead to an, you know, an unhealthy obsession with sex. I think that it, it maybe it puts sex on a, a throne. Right. For sure. I mean, you're talking about it so much that it, you're, it's becoming like almost an idol. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. It's becoming an idol, like of something you shouldn't do. Yeah. You know, it's such an idol of like, I need to stop this. I need to like, you know, take avoid care and this. not avoid it. Yeah. And I think that I, I feel like it can make people like obsess about porn, yeah, you know, even right. or, or obsess about masturbation. For sure. 
No, it totally does. And I mean, I feel like that's a big part of why it's such a problem in church circles. Or they say it's a problem because like they talk about it so much and they talk, talk it up so much how it's like the most amazing thing, but you can only do it in this circumstance and then it's going to be amazing. Yeah. But now it's evil. You know, then- it's like just too much i know and if they did have somebody who was addicted to it they don't have anybody like addiction specialists coming in like maybe in some churches but like you know in general what you do is you just pray yeah and like that's that's not going to help somebody who's suffering from a true addiction right no if it's really an unhealthy addiction they need to go find they need to seek help yeah and i think that's like i mean sex is a thing like a big problem like i think even we've heard from people like who have problems with their sex life because they held it, you know, so high as something they shouldn't do. And then when they're allowed to, it's like their brain is like, you're not allowed to do this. Yeah. And right. you know, Your you're ashamed like, for this. This is bad. Right. Sex is bad. It's impure. Like, how are you supposed to have a healthy sex life after that? Right. Yeah. No way. Well, and not to mention like just shame around your bodies or around your body. Itself. Yeah. And especially for women. Yes. I don't know if you've experienced that. Oh, that was a big thing for me growing out of, and it felt really weird. Like, you know, if I would post, you know, one of the things that really helped me grow was wearing, this is, sounds so weird, but like a little bit sexier clothes, like mm-hmm. maybe a shorter skirt or like I have a blouse and I unbutton it one more than I, I would before. Yeah. But like, and feeling like I, I'm a woman and I want to feel beautiful in my body and I don't want to feel that I have to, you know, hide it because yeah. men, creepy men are struggling <laughs> with their sexual you know, I feel like our neighbors are like wrestling. Up <laughs> yeah, <right now. laughs> it's they're like slamming on the floor. Um, okay, but I don't want to feel like I have to hide it because I need to protect my brothers in Christ. Like right. I always felt like that's their responsibility. Yeah. Like they could be just as promiscuous, and I'm not going to be like ogling over them. Right. I mean, yeah. or maybe I am, and who cares? Right. <laughs> but it's yeah, I had to learn how to feel beautiful and like even dare I say sexy in my own body, yeah. you know? And that was something I, that changed. And I, and that was a change that I really love, like not right. feeling, I don't know. Like ashamed of yourself. Yeah, ashamed of who yeah. I was. Or you have to hide. Or being beautiful. Yeah. That's so cool. That's so cool to be out of it. It's not cool that you had to like learn to grow out of it. But like, again, that just like all these other things, you don't realize that that's what you're signing up for when you decide to be a Christian. No. But it's like all of these things really slowly tend to build in you, I think, after like years and years of trying to practice and be as holy of a person as possible. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, they, they're really sneaky, like you said. Another one that um, is one of my favorites is <laughs> just like, the, so the consequence of being a Christian is your distrust of the world. And mm-hmm. I love how we've broken free of that. Like I... On the other side, I never realized how much I had distrusted the yeah. world and how little faith I had in people and how I thought that everyone was basically like, I don't know, what, just terrible. Like they didn't have any goodness in them. And right. this is weird saying it because, of course, there's got to be people outside of Christianity who are good. But I just I didn't realize to find people who were better right. than Christians yeah. or like have more you know, they seemed more whole or like conscious, conscious and everything, you know, and like more loving, you know, without any kind of judgment. Yeah. And I love so much. I think, so I think that Christianity really blocked us from a lot of the resources and just beauty beauties in the world, like books or doctors or counselors or different kinds of mentors. You know, if you 
if it wasn't a Christian author, if it wasn't a Christian doctor, if it wasn't a Christian movie, you know, you don't trust what it says. Right. That's how we used to think. Yeah. Yeah. And that was kind of subconscious too. You know, yeah. it's not like anyone was like, don't watch anything that's not from a Christian director. Yeah. Or we whatever, didn't have you know. that strict of, par- of parents no, or churches. No, some people, some did, people do. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But yeah. like, I don't know, you just, you get to a point where you're so obsessed with your religion that you only want to watch stuff from that. Yes. That's how I was. Like, I Me didn't too. want to read anything that wasn't from a Christian author because I knew, I knew I could trust the Christian author. Yeah. You know? And they had the, mo- the most wisdom. Right. They were probably inspired by God, you know, so that was the <laughs> that's best. What I He's thought. the highest, like, author of health or whatever like (laughs) change right but um that that, i yeah it really like it just kind of goes along with feeling set apart from the rest of the world Mm -hmm. you know which i when i was a christian i really felt like i took pride in being set apart from the rest of the world Mm -hmm. i think i had some of those notw not of this world like shirts Yes. Bumper stickers for my car and stuff. Yes, we definitely took pride in that. Yeah. I think we always liked being outsiders. Yeah. You know, like, oh, you guys don't understand. We're the chosen ones. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but I think all of that stuff leaving the fold and going out, I was so amazed by how much help and how many rich resources there were yeah how many good people there were how many good people how much i was missing out right i'm missing a lot yeah you know that was a one of the biggest consequences of being christian is having to put your christian filter on everything you really miss out on a lot of beauty that is in the world like through people knowledge and i don't know yeah just i think like i learned not to take the world for granted for sure for sure It feels so good to be on the other side now and feel like I'm at home in the world. Yes. I think like the, the longer you're in Christianity, the more of a Christian filter you have on your eyes, just because you're like, you've been in it for longer. So you're kind of like training yourself to think that way for longer. Mm -hmm. But the saddest part is that what you're essentially doing is like brainwashing yourself to not trust anything except for Christian stuff, Mm -hmm. not trust the world. And to you, it doesn't feel like that. It just feels like you're being a really good Christian. Yeah. You know, like it doesn't feel like there's any downsides, or at least it didn't for me. Did no. it? I mean, not for you. No, either, of right? course not. Of course there wouldn't. It doesn't feel like any downsides at all. It feels like you have the answer to life. Yeah. But like the more you go, the more and more closed off, the more and more closed off I was getting, the longer I was in it. Me too. You know, and I didn't realize it until we started to leave. And I was like, whoa, there's so many awesome people out here that I never would have like even given the time of day because they weren't Christian. Yes. Like people from different spiritualities or people with like weird uh, science backgrounds and they're te- talking about some weird new theories they have. And now I can listen to that and I can take what I want from it or I can leave what I don't want. You That's know? a big one, actually. The whole just science, uh, politics and other religions mm-hmm. like, you know, there is a lot of knowledge and a lot of things going on in the world with those things that you're closed off to you know like you your faith makes you vote certain ways your faith makes you listen or not listen to certain types of science and then obviously if you're a christian you're not going to be taking any knowledge from other religions right i mean i mean maybe you would but you'd be really skeptical of it right for sure and you know there are wealth of knowledge you know there's a wealth of knowledge outside of christianity and that's really cool and i think that you don't that doesn't mean that we're now getting sucked into all of these idea ideologies. It's just really freeing to be able to, like you said, listen to something, you know, 
use your mind to critically assess, you know, what is helpful, what is not. Trust ourselves to be able to make that call. Yeah, and then take what's helpful and apply it to your life. Yeah. You know, or just learn and have a, you know, be like astonished and astounded Mm -hmm. by the knowledge and be happy to learn things just for the sake of learning them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Each of these things, it really feels like they're each one is like a chain that was around us, you know, and like coming out of this recovery deconversion process was like the process of taking each of those chains off slowly, Mm -hmm. you know, and like some of them I think are still, we still have some work to do, you know, getting rid of certain thought patterns and certain ways of thinking and ways of seeing the world and people and stuff. Yes. But like we've dropped so many and each one that we do drop is so motivating to keep going and keep digging in and keep, you know, going deep on this stuff. Yeah. Figuring it out. I think one of the things you mentioned before was how you felt so set apart. Mm -hmm. And I think that is a consequence as well because it becomes really isolating. Yeah. I think the further and further you get in, I think you, you're not able to relate to the world. Well, in fact, you, you separate yourself from them. Yeah. And you, you look at other people as someone you look at, I think that you can look at them with love, but you also look at them as someone who you can harvest. Right. For sure. You know, who you need, you're like trying to bring them to your side. Mm -hmm. Like you view them on another side. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't realize how that was affecting me until we left. And I remember being in the car one day with you and like talking about this and furiously writing in a note, like (laughs) I feel so changed. Like I feel as though I can relate to so many more people yeah. now. I like feel everyone. Co- connected. Yeah. And it feels like in a humanity standpoint, yeah. you know, yeah. I feel connected to humanity and it, I don't know. I, it, it feels great. Yeah. Like I never realized I was that I was missing out on that. Right. Yeah. Know? That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I, f- I had something similar and I think I told you about it like a couple of months ago and I was thinking about how, um, sometimes I see people say to others, you are loved. Like, no matter who you are, you are loved, you mm-hmm. know? And I I used to always think that was kind of like, I don't know, wishy-washy or like, that sounds nice, but is that actually true? Yeah. You know, that kind of a thing. But since leaving Christianity, I feel so connected to humanity. And like the idea of every person on the planet is loved and they're worthy of love just because of the fact that they're human and we're all human, that like made sense to me for the first time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I remember when you were going through that. Yeah, it felt so good. I was like, wow, you know what? I can actually start to believe that now, that everyone is worthy of love and it's just for the fact that they're like a living being. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not based on anything they think or anything they do. Even it's, it's just, we're all human. We're all in this together. We're all the same. Like everyone's worthy of love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Feels good. Feels I know. good having these like little wake up moments and realizing how closed off I was to that kind of thinking before. Mm-hmm. I remember walking down the street one night went after a movie and seeing this girl. And I don't know why I like, she looked, she looked really cool. Like she had tattoos and like mm-hmm. piercings and mm-hmm. stuff. And I was just like, Hey, I'm on her team now. Like, (laughs) like it wasn't if it was this realization that, and, and I'm not saying that you can't like, you can't have those things and not be Christian. I just felt like a person who before I would feel I had no like connection to because they weren't Christian. I could feel connected to them now and I could be on her team Yeah, and I'm, I could be on anyone's team now because I don't have a team. Right. You know, I'm not on a side. That's cool. So like I can be 
on your team. It's like in high school, that kid that was able to be friends with every single group. Yeah. I feel like that's possible. <laughs> that's, to, a re- now. that's a really good point because we're not in a group anymore. No. We feel like we've shed one thing that separate us or a bunch of things that separate us from everyone else. I'm sure we still have things that separate of us, course. but I feel like I don't, I don't have to like judge my, like judge my, like a person based on that. Like, oh, are you Christian? Okay. okay I'll, yeah. I can be friends with you now yeah. or whatever. Are you not? All right. Let me tell you about my testimony. Right. But, Crazy. That's a big one. You're yeah. Right. Yeah. There's a real separator between me and everyone else. Mm-hmm. And it didn't feel good. No, it never did feel good. No. Yeah. Always felt like an outsider. It yeah. feels good to be, yeah, part of the human team now. <laughs> so another uh, big downside or a big uh, negative trait, I guess, that we took away from our time being Christian was that we were so were so over preoccupied and so paranoid of our thoughts. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like that just kind of come goes hand hand in hand with the idea that God or someone is constantly listening to and monitoring your thoughts at mm-hmm. all times. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I know for me, I was like so preoccupied with my thoughts all the time when I was Christian, trying mm-hmm. to make sure they were pure and yeah, you know, whatever as holy and godly as possible. Yeah, trying to be pure, I think, is the big one. I feel like I was constantly monitoring myself or feeling guilty just based on thoughts. Yeah, and I think mainly because, based on thoughts. Yeah, yeah, because it's just such a thing. Like we talk about it all the time. We talk about it in church and crew and Bible study having impure thoughts, not just about sex, but just like maybe about like you judge someone or like dislike someone or you know angry at someone and like sin, 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 yeah, sin. So you're yeah. like, so it's. You're always, I feel like, just looking out for that sin. And it's it's hard to stop it. Like, you are, in your mind, like, if you're constantly feeling like you're sinning just in your thoughts, you're so focused on sin all the time, and you that also debases you, and you right. feel so guilty all the time. I mean, here's the connector. Like, here's where all of your, like, guilt, like, fear, like, low self-esteem, like, is it's coming from, like, sin and then constantly monitoring your sin yeah. even down to a thought. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. It's like it makes you neurotic. Yes. You know? Yes. Dude, we are, we came out being neurotic and anal. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like so self, I don't know, just so concerned, like so in our heads all the so time. So in our heads. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's actually a big one. Right. That's probably why we're that way. I know. I, I'm sure it is. <laughs> I mean, I, I like literally had a practice for a while. I read some book, this like little tiny book. I don't remember what it's called now. It was a Christian one. Mm-hmm. And it was like an instruction manual basically on how to like pray to God constantly the whole day and like be constantly confessing your sins as you thought, like as you committed them in your mind. And, you know, that's so, that's crazy. That messes you <laughs> up so psychologically. Crazy. You know, you're, you know, yeah. I was like a crazy person. I remember I was sitting like, <laughs> at my job like programming on the computer and like catching myself having thoughts and like closing my eyes and <laughs> praying and asking god for forgiveness what dude that's so nuts you know that makes you feel so bad as a person if you're constantly focused on your sin the whole time right it's yeah. just crazy like yeah it's i feel like the biggest thing that we found was helpful for that was meditation yes um just like kind of first step is realizing how much your mind is just spiraling and i really feel like that was big for me my mind was like going a thousand miles an hour a lot when i was christian you know because i was i was living in this world but i was like way more concerned with the invisible spiritual world around me it's wild yeah you're not present you're like in your head and that can even happen like well we learned that pattern i think from religion but like you can learn that just 
from being a neurotic person. Yeah. Like, and, like you scrolling can just be Instagram without, all day. Yeah. <laughs> like the <laughs> right. biggest, I can't even believe how big of a difference it makes when you just simply notice that you are spiraling. Yeah. That's like most of it, you know, that's yeah. so beneficial. You notice it. And then my favorite practice is you notice that you're thinking or feeling and you just say, this is from the Headspace app, but you're like, you just say thinking or I'm feeling mm -hmm. and then try to go back to whatever you were doing. Yeah. And that like has helped me so much. Yeah. But you so, kind of, so much. Didn't they talk about like you just label your thought and like, yeah. let it drift away yes. and then go back to whatever you're doing. Yeah. It's so yeah. Cool. Especially if you're like in the middle of doing something else that's not, it does not require that thought right, right. now, you know? Yeah. Yeah intrusive neurotic thought <laughs> yeah. yeah you don't need it yeah so yeah i i mean i feel like that's definitely something we could have picked up from our christian training yeah it's definitely a negative consequence of being in the church yeah yeah i think one of the things that went along with that is uh naivete is that naivete. how you say it <laughs> i don't know i was very naive mm -hmm. i always was really self-conscious of it and i didn't even realize how naive i was until I'm still learning yeah. how naive I am, actually. And that makes me feel like a child in a world mm -hmm. where I should be an adult. Yeah, I'm, right. You know, I'm 31 years old. I feel like I I should be a, a woman, you uh -huh. know, and I feel sometimes like a little girl. Yeah, and the like things I'm still up. learning about, I don't know what, but it. if you come at everything with a childlike faith and you, I was, I realized, pretty sheltered, mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that I didn't like mature in yeah. until I was older. And right. if, and that was a big realization coming out. Yeah. You know, oh, this is why I always felt so insecure and, and naive. It was because Christianity had sheltered me from a lot of things, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not talking about you need to like go out and do drugs and like have crazy sex, but there, it's not that. Yeah, There's things no. like in the world that just learning how to be a human or yeah. an adult or taking care of situations being in arguments learning how to stand up for yourself or apologize taking responsibility for your actions right learning how to love yourself and your body learning how to respect others without judgment i don't yeah. know there's just so many things learning how to respect yourself as like an adult yeah yeah you listening kinda... to your thoughts reparenting yourself right i don't know all that stuff all kinds of things yeah so it, it feels good to know how naive i was and know now that there's still tons I don't know and I'm probably I'm sure I'm naive in a lot of areas but I know that I'm growing and I know that I'm learning and getting better mm -hmm. and there's like no limit to how much we can develop yeah yeah so yeah that's uh our short list of <laughs> negative consequences from that we experience from being Christian mm -hmm. and I'm sure there are more and I'm sure they vary from person to person yeah but yeah basically we realize that Pascal's wager doesn't make any sense because there are definite downsides here on our life during our time on earth um to being Christian and you don't want to waste it no you don't want to waste it on a bet you know on a bet with, with Pascal <laughs> <Right>. and God <laughs> with Pascal and yeah. I think one of the and one of the things too that we were saying this morning is it's strange like wh why are we given free will and then punished for using yeah. it it doesn't make any sense it just doesn't make any no. sense no God's yeah it doesn't seem like he's worth following and there are big consequences if you decide to follow him so mm -hmm. yeah and a lot of positives on the other side right yeah yeah all right we have two announcements before we go the first one is we started a Patreon, and this was something that was really difficult for us, being people who had raised support in the past <laughs> right. and hated it, and also really have 
struggles with talking about money um, and feel like money is the root of all evil because of things we learned in Christianity yeah. and fe- or you know all of the guilt out of tithing. Right. I don't know. It was really hard for us to make this Patreon, <laughs> but so we're making a Patreon. We we want to say that like if you felt like shame or guilt for not tithing or felt like you needed to give money to your church then don't feel that way with us yeah, and don't please give. don't feel that way <laughs> yeah our podcast is always going to be free and so is our instagram you can always talk with us there and our website we're, and, and, all website, that. and yeah. we're even thinking about doing a facebook group in the future but we're just putting it out there that you don't have to feel that you need to give to us if you'd like to support us that way with money then feel free to but yeah. like we never want to make anyone feel guilty about giving right ever again yeah <laughs> so i think on our patreon we we're going to put the episodes up a day early we thought they'd be like um early service yeah and, uh, <laughs> sunday they, morning yeah they'll be there on sunday morning so that you can listen on your sunday mornings instead of going to your old church Shh, don't let your parents hear <laughs> yeah right <laughs> Um, and I think we might have some other stuff on there too. We haven't talked about too much like rewards or anything like that. Again, we didn't want to make it feel like we're trying to sell you anything. Yeah. We don't Um, want to be too salesy. Just if you feel like, uh, you've been impacted or like what we're doing and feel like you want to support us, then you can go to our Patreon and do that. Yeah. Another way you can support us is share a podcast with people who might also be struggling with the same thing. Of course, we don't want you to share it if you don't want to come out as non-Christian yourself. So Definitely don't do that if you're not ready, because <laughs> right. you will receive some hellfire for it. <laughs> yes, yeah, I um, but, it. But, but if yeah. you can, please share our podcast, or please be a part of our community on Instagram, um, and then look out for also a Facebook page, possibly in the future. Yeah, right. Um, so then the second thing we wanted to talk about was we're going to have a meetup here in Brooklyn, um, and we're planning it for the 14th of July, that's no, a Sunday. Yeah, it's a Sunday. We'll do it on Sunday morning. Um, and we kind of just thought it'd be cool to meet up with people in person and talk about this stuff face-to-face instead of just over the internet. Yeah. Um, so yeah, again, check out our Patreon and our Instagram, um, and we'll let you know more details about that and how to RSVP and what we're doing and all that stuff. Yeah, it should be fun. Yeah, it'll be good. Yeah. All right. So like always, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.